0: The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global.
1: Now, part two of Rami's talk with Vehicle City Tacos Dan Moylanen about locally and regionally sourcing most of ECT's ingredients and his goals to help the community and increase business. But first, what's cooking?
0: We still don't have a full menu yet. Um, I think we've just slowly been expanding it. But uh, right now, we've got five different tacos that we've been selling. We've been selling um, a seared uh, grass-fed flank steak, carne asada, sort of real traditional in that sense, uh, a little bit more of the the Tex-Mex Mexican uh, traditional uh, taco. But we've been kind of doing some interesting things with them. We've been uh, adding pickled red onions, sort of like a sweet, sweet, sour flavored uh, red onion. But also just when when you pickle it, it just turns a a bright, bright pink. And so it adds a really interesting color to to the whole situation. And then we've uh, also just started with a new chicken taco that we uh, season in beer batter uh, and fry sort of some chicken tenders with uh, a mix of of Colby Jack cheese, uh, a chipotle crema, which is sort of like a spicy sour cream, sort of mayo tangy kind of sauce that we make ourselves with microgreens that are grown locally which are sort of like a sweet pea kind of kind of bitter but also a little sweetness to it and uh that that's been extremely popular that's we also added a a pork uh chili verde taco so we we take a, a pork shoulder and uh sear it and braise it and then we uh will slowly do it in a chili verde sauce and then we Also created a a new vegetarian and and vegan option to where we're we're now taking uh, portobello mushrooms. We'll batter and fry the portobellos, add refried black beans that we make ourselves, uh, pickled carrots that are sort of a spicy pickled carrot, you know, fresh pico de guile that we make with, uh, you know, again, as many Michigan source, you know, ingredients as possible. And that's actually been really popular, even among people that, that aren't vegetarians or vegans and so a lot of our menu has really been been inspired by you know sort of things that i've seen in my travels as well as my my partner christian gilbert who has uh you know over uh, 12 years of experience and working in fine dining and other kitchen environments so it's been fun building out the menu and also at first i've noticed is that when sometimes when people come up to the truck they just say things like oh i just i just want a taco and we'll say well well which one <laughs> you know we I think it was really even changing the perception of what a taco is in the community because, you know, people hear hear the word taco and they just think brown beef, cheese, lettuce, tomato. I I think it's been fun to sort of challenge the palates even and and sort of expand uh, what people are used to uh, in terms of the food that they're actually eating. So. It, it's been cool. I think we're, we're really excited about seeing where we're going to go with the menu. We still have some, some more ideas that we're going to be working on. And we have plans to start actually uh, making our own chorizo sausage. We're then going to use with, with eggs that are, uh, you know, locally raised From one of the vendors at our farmers market, you know, we're just we're we're absolutely thrilled about you know the prospect for that. I tell you what, (laughs) are you hungry yet? (laughs) Other,
1: (laughs) I'm sitting here and I completely forgot I'm interviewing you. I just found myself fantasizing about eating a taco. (laughs) I got the first time I heard you present. Of all the presenters. I wrote down. I really want a taco. That's all. <laughs> Man, bro, if anyone's not hungry out there after that, uh, I don't. I don't know what that that got me off my seat here. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are some of the popular spots they'd see your truck in Flint?
0: We set up uh, pretty consistently downtown. Uh, for late nights on weekends. That's been um, kind of our mainstay. Um, But we also have traveled out to some other neighborhoods. Uh, For instance, we've uh, recently started uh, a new partnership with a uh, brewery that's opening up uh, in the Carriage Town neighborhood of Flint. And uh, Carriage Town is actually, I think, one of my favorite neighborhoods. Um, It's it's a community that has about maybe an occupation rate of maybe 15 to 20%. It uh, has a, a lot of uh, older properties that are abandoned and blighted, but it is one of the oldest neighborhoods in Flint. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's actually where the, the reason they call it Carriage Town is because it actually has the, the uh, uh, Durant-Dort Carriage Factory, which was the, the very first uh, building that was um, used by GM when um, Billy Durant and um, uh, Dort were, I can't remember his first name, were uh, in the process of sort of starting the, the GM empire and, so, uh, it's, it's a neighborhood with a lot of history and a lot of character. And um, Tenacity Brewing Company is the, the name of the, the business. They're opening up in an old uh, firehouse that used to be there. So, mm-hmm. um, we've also set up a few times uh, in the, the Flint Cultural Center, which is an area that was really heavily built up in, in sort of the 70s and 80s by the uh, Charles Stewart Mott Foundation and various other sort of. Community um, leaders. That's where you know the Flint Institute of Art is, where the the Whiting Auditorium is, where our library is. So it's kind of a, a key spot for a lot of the sort of cultural experiences that you can have here in Flint. Uh, we've been up there a few times for for different events that they've done, and uh, it's fun because it's a way for us to sort of help boost some of the bigger events that may be happening downtown or help promote other events that are happening elsewhere to where if we can actually go there, we can use our social media presence and our presence in the local media to help, you know, sort of promote what's happening there. So it's been really cool to see how the truck can have that effect on neighborhoods and events to really help give it an extra, extra boost because people are, are really excited about trying our food if they haven't had it yet. And, and the word's really starting to get out there. So
1: yeah. And that was, I know a social mission that was really part of your heart. When I talked to you mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year that, You and I had this discussion of uh, how do you measure adding energy to the space? And we were sort of tossing around all these different ideas like, okay, well, maybe additional foot traffic at events if you show up. We tossed around all those things. And I think we decided, you know what, let's just try and see what's available to observe. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to measure that, but it really is. But it's clear you're bringing energy to some of these events and spaces and as you said extra promotion the other thing Mm -hmm. i can't help but think about you know you're you're parked out there outside of a a club or a late night restaurant or a bar at 203 a.m i mean you've got to be helping a few folks get a little food in their tummies after a little too much alcohol
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely you
1: know
0: definitely getting a lot of Definitely getting a lot of interesting characters uh, at, at three in the morning, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, and I would think there's eventually going to be some sort of measurement you can uh, do with the local city and the police force there, if you're Absolutely. helping or not. I mean. It- there's a lot of stuff that you'll be able to measure here once um, we see some regular back patterns, if you will. Now, for a little while there, there was a little area, Flint, that was restricted from a really old rule, right, of no food trucks in the down, was it the downtown of Flint? or Right, right.
0: That actually still is on the books. <laughs> okay. So we, we've actually, it's a kind of a good example of showing how, Sort of the state of our our local government and our local municipality. It's you know here we have a law that, that has to technically go through the downtown development authority, go through you know all, all these these local channels, but it hasn't really been you know to the point where we're making a whole lot of progress on the law changing. So we, we've decided that you know we're just we're going to set up and and we're going to kind of see what happens with it. We haven't had any issues. No one's complained about us. No one has you know, sort of tried to enforce this law. No one has really even given us any, any sort of trouble in, in that regard. And, and I think it kind of shows that sometimes when you do have these old sort of outdated laws that, okay, well, you know, there are some old outdated laws even on the books for outdoor patio seating for, uh, on sidewalks. And, you know, almost every restaurant that's downtown has outdoor patio seating. So (laughs) uh, I think it's kind of an example of of how, you know, maybe our police and and the authorities have said, okay, yeah, it's still on the books, but, you know, maybe we don't actually have to enforce it here because this is obviously something that's benefiting downtown. It's something that's benefiting our community. It's creating a a regional and and actually national buzz. I mean, uh, we were featured recently on, on our local NBC News affiliate, and the story actually ended up spreading to every single NBC affiliate in the country. Oh so, my God. Um, so we've had this story that's actually aired in Los Angeles. It's aired in New York. It's aired in Philadelphia. It's aired in Dallas. So it's, it's actually played on, on a lot of local affiliates. and It's been on their website. So it's, again, it's something to even show that, hey, you know, this is doing something for Flint, even if it is just kind of getting it out there and sort of the collective consciousness of, of showing that, you know, we're not just some rundown, completely derelict, you know, abandoned city is that, you know, we do have people that are doing things here that are active and that care about it. There's some interesting things happening. So I think generally everyone in, in, that I've spoken with and, and worked with in city leadership recognize that it's good for the city and, and we and we need to do it. So we're, we're still having those conversations as to, to what we can do to, to get those laws changed and updated because frankly, I don't want to be the only food truck downtown. I want to see more. I want to see different food. I want to see our food culture sort of expand and grow and develop and become really vibrant. And I think we're really on track to start doing that. I'm just thrilled and excited that we can finally sort of be at the ground level of it.
1: That's a great lead in. One of the things I was just thinking that I wanted to share, have you share with the audience, what's sort of the grand plans? That, now you have one truck right now or did you go ahead and get the second truck?
0: We still just have the one truck, but our Our plans are to see how we grow, see how we develop. We certainly would like to get a second truck to expand our capacity. I'd love to have the ability to become a little bit more regional as well. Where we can get into other parts around our county, as well as maybe have a truck that's visiting Detroit or visiting Lansing or visiting Grand Rapids or visiting other cities in the the state. Because based on our licensing with the truck, we can actually operate in any county in Michigan legally. So um, we can have one truck that's sort of always on home turf here in Flint, and then maybe have another truck that's in the region to help build the business up a bit more. In addition, it'd be a truck that we could use for a lot of our social outreach programs that we've been discussing about implementing and to where. Uh, we're bringing folks in from, uh, Michigan Works and through, uh, um, various other, uh, nonprofit organizations to, to, help sort of get them the skills that they would need to function in a commercial kitchen, uh, and to give them, you know, hopefully something that, that they could be better prepared or be hired in either in another, not another kitchen or, you know, if we can, uh, if we have a demand for it, uh, for the business, hire them with us. So with the second truck, we, we felt it was something that could really expand our capacity in general to, to sort of fulfill a lot of those things, you know, given sort of the, the restrictions of, of having one truck that's that's very Flint-focused. So
1: I know from working with you and during an assessment, when Gingras Global does an assessment, I know we do mm-hmm. the a super uncomfortable deep dive into all the financials, which you were <laughs> such a sport about, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> you are such a great example of what a social enterprise looks like. You've really got an eye on the enterprise portion. Like you're, you've, you've effectively set your boundaries with your social mission outreach, that you're not going too far overboard. And some of this analogy about the bonfires of social enterprise, I like to say, you got to get your bonfire going. And that represents mm-hmm. the business element before you can bring people around the fire to keep them warm. If your social impact in this analogy is to get people warm and get them around the fire and teach them how to cook, you've got to have that fire going. And you're such a great example of doing it the right way you've got an idea to deliver energy and help the urban farms have a buyer have a customer and reduce some of the maybe drunk driving create job employment workforce development all of those things are everything a, a city needs that's under-resourced but yet you really took the time to thoughtfully and carefully consider the business the bonfire make sure that fire is going so that you you just have to throw logs on it from time to time but you're mm-hmm. for all the people listening and thinking about social enterprise a lot of the social enterprises can fail or derail because they become very distracted by the social mission and you're such a good sure. example of keeping your eye on the bonfire, on the business, if you will. That is just a pattern for scale, duplicating success in all ways. And really, as you know from what you're doing, if you keep your eye on the business element and the profit, you can, of course, deliver a lot more social impact. So,
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Rami. This is, uh, that was really nice of you to say it. So folks can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash VehicleCityTacos, uh, or on Twitter, uh, we're Vehicle City Taco singular uh, it couldn't fit in uh, <laughs> the tacos unfortunately with the character limitation but we're also on instagram um uh, at vehicle city taco you know we're easily found on google as well and we're in the process of actually building out our website to sort of be reflective on, on what we're going to be doing here in the, in the coming months so um but uh the domain is, is vehiclecitytacos.com
1: dan thank you so much for being a guest on the bonfires of social enterprise music by dan castle and thomas rojo Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Gingrass, copyrighted 2015 Jingrass Global LLC, and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingrass Global LLC.